Yes, he does. Deep in the pocket. Touchdown. Touchdown, Chicago. You're listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast. Unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros, the incomparable Hogan Johns. Here we go, another Bears minicamp edition of Hogan Johns, just without the Johns. The fish man is back. He's ready to go. He's got pages and pages of notes on Trevor Simeon's first few days with the Chicago Bears. He looks good. How do you know? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see him throw an interception. That's true. Um, Can't say the same about the other guy. Yeah, that's that's also true. But uh, one guy actually threw passes. So, kind of increases your chances of throwing interceptions. Um, we could take this one of two ways, I guess. Uh, we could celebrate the Matt Eberflus defense and the emphasis on takeaways and say, this defense is going to be taking the ball away at record rates. Or we could spend some time today, if you really want to, breaking down Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, <laughs> quarterbacks that the Bears could potentially draft next week um, to replace Justin Fields because it is April and we must overreact to everything we saw in Bears minicamp. Um, that's the only way to do it. No, obviously uh, going one way or the other on that one, Kevin would be uh, an overreaction, but not a great day for the quarterback, nonetheless. Yeah, it, it's a hard uh, thing for us to balance in our world, Hulk, because we're there. It's our jobs to be there and watch practice and take note of it. And like the offense in seven on seven was horrible. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. And there are, you, let's go through the disclaimers, right? They did not have a walkthrough this morning, Matt Eberflus told us. So the plays they were running, they had not run before. There was no walkthrough. These are plays Justin Fields has never run, period. It's a brand new offense. It's his third ever practice in this offense. The third ever practice for anybody in this offense. Um, His wide receivers, we all know who he's throwing to. We do? Okay. Well, we don't know who they are, but we see that there's (laughs) guys out there. So all of that's fair. So you, 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 you make that statement one. Statement two, Justin Fields had through at least one interception and a couple balls sailed on him. It's April. It's okay. Probably. Like, you just one of those things, like, you can't ignore it. You can't, like, it happened. Probably not. Yeah, it happened. We're going to address it. But, you know, is this the 2019 training camp when Mitch Trubisky threw interceptions every day and Matt Nagy told us it was fine and ended up not being fine? I'm not going there. But, like, you know, it's it's the way I put it in my story that when people listen, this will probably be up at The Athletic, is I think the number one takeaway is it's a reminder this offense is a long, long, long way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and that's the good perspective to have. It, this... um well, welcome in Hogan Johns with Fishbane instead of Johns. 
uh, Johnsy's trolling us on the old Twitter machine with pictures from the Grand Canyon. By the way, I want to point out that um, Johnsy usually deletes his Twitter when he's on vacation. So I mean, he deletes sh- it. Like he literally would delete the app from his phone. Oh, I thought you meant like he deletes his account. Yeah, no, because sometimes it'd be like, oh, hey, did you see like so-and-so tweet? You know, like were you, you know, checking in on your teammates while you were gone? And he's like, no, Mike Glennon, no. Um, so I think he posted that picture. I, I bet you he reinstalled Twitter, posted mm. that picture, and then uninstalled it for the rest of his vacation. Wow. Yeah, to, to, to up the troll move. That's a lot of dedication to getting payback, which was fair payback from the Aruba photo. I think it was, should, it was well maybe done. The, maybe the listeners should tweet at John's and see if he's uh, see if he's got the app downloaded right now. Hmm. I, Anyways, you you were you were giving a nice. It's that big of a there. problem that he needs to actually delete the app. Like I just go on Twitter and I just put my phone in a drawer, or I mean on vacation and put it, my phone on the door in a drawer, and you just don't look at it. Yeah, I don't know. I look at my Twitter on vacation. I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue or at K Fishbane, or if you want to tweet at John Z while he's in Arizona, he's at Adam Johns on Twitter. Uh, please read things that we write. Kevin Johnsy's on the Athletic and all of Kevin's great coverage, uh, which was really you know the work of two men if they were to cover. A Bears mini camp. You did that work um, because the other man was in Arizona during mini camp. Um, so I just want to make sure that's pointed out. So our listeners should appreciate that work and go check it out. The athletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe and, and find that work uh, on uh, all chgo.com. Uh, my partner, Nicholas Moriano also has a bunch of observations, and I'll have my 10 Bears Things column, Big 10 Bears Things column coming Monday with all kinds of stuff from this week as we lead up to the draft. So there's plenty of stuff for you to check out. Please subscribe on YouTube. Please hit the notifications to know when our episodes go live, and uh, we appreciate everybody who interacts with the show there as well. All right. Like, I think we just need to lay out what the Bears are really doing right now. So yeah, lay it out, coach. They change coaches. All these new coaches. I was playing a game today with Pat Finley saying, you know, how many uh, coaches can you actually name right now? Mm. It's tough. It's tough out there. So I wonder how many coaches some of these players can name (laughs) (laughs) that aren't their, their own position coaches, right? Um, so they get, they, what are they They're They've been there for three weeks, even at house hall. Yeah. In and out, you know, so whatever communication they could have ahead of time, probably get a copy of the playbook, some homework assignments before they enter the building. And then, Oh, here's a new offense. Here's a new defense. And it's not like they're working like the season where you're in there pretty much six days a week from sun up to sundown. Okay, these are shorter days. It's not every day. A lot of it's lifting. And after a couple of weeks, they get presented this opportunity to 
go out there and have mini camp and practice some of this stuff. But they are so early in the installation phase, right? And whatever calls and checks they're making, I mean, they're literally installing it uh, and then going out there and expecting it to translate to the field. Day one of minicamp, they didn't even go offense versus defense. Day two, they did a little bit. Day three, they did a little bit more today. But as you made a good point, Kevin, is uh, Matt Eberflus pointed out, they did not have a walkthrough this morning. So whatever was new in there, too, didn't really get practice or walkthrough before they actually went out there and did it. Nonetheless, while you'd expect some struggles... Today definitely qualifies as one of those practices where you're like, okay, those those uh, concerning throws or whatever are starting to pile up a little bit. Is it a big deal? I don't think so. I don't even treat it, at, treat it as a big deal, honestly, Kev, when we're in August in training camp. Like, bad days are going to happen. The defense is going to win some days. The offense is going to win some days. It gets concerning, like when you brought up, when, when Trubisky, it's like a trend throughout camp. And the head coach has to say every single day, Eh, you know, we're not worried about it or this excuse or that excuse. Um, And quite frankly, Justin Fields had days like this in camp last year, and he would usually bounce back with a strong day. You could say the same thing about some of his games. If he had a struggle, if he struggled in a game, usually the next game was pretty good. Um, So now you definitely want to get a little bit more consistent across the board. Unfortunately, there's no practice tomorrow, so I don't know. I don't know how it'll look tomorrow. I just hope he's at the Bulls game tomorrow and doing a better job than Aaron Rodgers did for the Bucks last whoa. night. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Hoke. What do you remember in terms of staying out good or bad from the 2015 Voluntary Veteran Minicamp, John Fox's first week as head coach, or first practice as head coach? Hmm. All I remember from that would have been, I think it would have been that week. Would that have been the first time Vic Fangio addressed the Ray McDonald situation? Yes. Yes, it was. So that's pretty much all I remember from that. I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. That was the offseason that the Bears, the um the Bears hired the best coordinators in the entire hiring cycle and then didn't let us talk to them for four months. Ah, yeah. and both but, of them became head coaches. Yes, neither here nor there. Uh, what do you remember of staying up from Matt Nagy's uh, voluntary veteran training camp in 2018? Who would have even been the quarterbacks in that camp? Mitch. Oh, yeah, Mitch was yeah the year before. Yeah. So Mitch would have been there. I had to go back and read what I wrote from those practices one of the days, Prince Amokamara had a pick six, and that was like, and we asked Nagy about it, and that was a bit of a, a story. Um, my my point obviously is that we're never we're we're never going to refer to these practices again, most likely. Now, if Justin Fields turned out to have a you know rough season, you know, then you can <laughs> you want to point to even even though even if that happens i still don't know if you can point today again the, like you're going to read my article you're going to read what hogue writes you're going to read what nick writes you're not going to re- read what john's writes because he wasn't there but you're going to see tweets you're going to see stories about the passing game looking bad today and 
because we were there and it happened. Like you can't you can't ignore it, but we also just have to kind of give it some nuance, understand what it was, and just say like, all right, like they've got work to do. Like this is this is just a reminder that this is going to take time. Matty Rufus referred to it today. He was asked about you know the challenge for Justin Fields, just like anytime you're learning something completely new. Like it's a process that you have to go through. This is Justin Fields' third playbook in three years. It's his fourth play caller in three years because he had two different play callers last year. Yeah. So, you know, a completely different group of wide receivers. You know, it's just he's gonna like he's got Cody Whitehair, he played every snap with. He played every snap with Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Like that's it. And and David Montgomery. Everybody else is pretty much new to him. You know, he knows Larry Barman, Tevin Jenkins, but he, he didn't play very much with them. I guess Sam Mustafer, but like th- this is just like this is going to take some time. And as you said, if we see a string of practices like these in August, you know, you can have you can have maybe a deeper discussion. In the same way, if we see a string of practices where he's lining up the defense, then we can have the other side of the coin discussion that, hey, he's everything's clicking. This is working. You can see why this scheme is is perfect for him. He's taking that jump. That's why my goal, Kevin, is to make these mini camp podcasts more memorable than the actual mini camp. But I feel like I failed today because, you know, failed to find out how Eddie Jackson's root canal went the other day. You David fails. I uh, appreciated all the tweets that we received on that yesterday. I don't think we got enough of them, quite frankly. <laughs> I did um, as well. Yeah, the root canal jokes were... I I was slightly worried, though, that it was becoming too big of a thing that people were actually going to start thinking that that was really what happened. Uh, We still don't know if... if It could have been what happened. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. We failed. He was talking kind of quietly today. Yeah, his mouth's probably... I've had some root canals. They're not fun, but you're okay a couple days later. I had a tooth pulled last year where... My one and only wisdom tooth was pulled, which I guess it's weird that I only have one. Yeah, that is weird. It explains a lot about you, but yeah, it's a little strange. How does it explain a lot about me? Uh, now you have to explain. I'll have to tell you in another podcast. Okay. Um, I'm, now I'm interested in that. Anyway, I was amazed at how easy that was. It it wasn't impacted, but they just yanked it out. And there was just a giant hole in my mouth, and then they were like, okay, go home, gnaw on this gauze for a little bit. And then you're fine. And did you go to practice the next day? I went to practice later that day because we had. There you go. It was September. We had a game. I think we had a game that week for Carmel. I think I was guy. at practice hours later coaching. Bloody Jackson was there today. He was there yesterday. Here, so I, take I, I'm that gonna, and think about that for a little bit. Let me pose this question to you that I posed to um, somebody today at practice. How many guys that were suited up at practice today on defense? Yes. So not Jalen Johnson, not Robert Quinn, not Quan Muhammad. So those three guys are out because they were not suited up for practice. How many of the guys suited up for practice? Can you sit here and definitively say this guy is going to start for the Bears week one of 2023? Oh, so not even this year. Not even this year. Well, I know we touched on this a little bit on the other pod. Yeah, but, but you, like, did, yeah, but you said this year. So now you're talking about next year. Now we're going to which 2023. Which puts Roquan Smith even in the question because he's not I, under contract. 
I still feel good about him, but like, like that yeah, was I like I was just sitting there watching this defense and being like, because the defense again, they, I mean, based on what we saw, they had a good day today. But I mean, for seven on seven drills, what was it? It was Eddie Jackson and DHC were your safeties. Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley were your corners. Um, Roquan and Nick Morrow, I think I don't even know how much Roquan was out there for seven on seven. He was um, out there. He was out there. Matt Adams rotated through. I want to say, like, I learned who that was today. There you go. He, I, he I'm knows half this, kidding. I remember when they defense. signed him, and then I kind of forgot they signed him, and then I saw him today. I just like the whole three days. And again, I know I'm touching on something we talked about the other day, but like the whole three days, as I'm watching this defense, I'm like, they need to get a lot of guys on defense. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I, I have to I have to actually say. I think of all the eye-opening things that we saw the last few days, bit of a reality check on that side of the ball, just yeah. in terms of the personnel. Now, I'll also say this. I liked what I saw, though. Like They were flying around, like they said. They, they really were all three days. Yeah. Like, the, the, the hits principle, it, you could see a noticeable difference in the... I guess what the hits principle is. They hustle and the intensity, and we saw takeaways. Um, I guess the smart part is a little bit harder for us to diagnose practice. It's fast. I mean, like, they, they're, like, you know, Nick Morrow's fast. Like, that was, like, that's, like, mm-hmm. his calling card. And, like, you can see that, um, especially in shorts. Like, you, you, you see something like that um, in a practice like this. Um, but, yeah, from a personnel perspective, I mean, they just... There's there's just a lot of work to do. I'll say uh, this too: the offense is slow, <laughs> and by that I mean, and this is goes probably to the, you know, installing a new offense, running it for the first time. Like I was joking at one point today, like good thing there's not a play clock because there's I was say, there's delay a lot, game every single play. A lot of delay game penalties today. Yeah, uh, I think they would tell you that the, they're okay with it because they want to make like there was one point where. Like Fields went to the line, and then they literally he gave the huddle sign. They literally went back and rehuddled. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guessing that's something that they like. They'd rather him than make sure they all have the right play. They know where they're going, as opposed to taking you know wasting a rep on a play that guys aren't on the same page. But yeah, that was that was there. But, but you know, I kind of want to circle back to Eddie Jackson though because he talked to us today. And when you look at that defense, and you know, our friend Herb Howard asked him about kind of being the X factor. And you can see when you look at the personnel and defense, like we talk about how important Roquan Smith is, like you could see a world where like, yeah, like Eddie Jackson really needs to play at a high level for this group. Like they 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 need him if they're going to be a successful unit. Like you look at that secondary, I, again, I know there's going to be more guys added, draft free agency, but the, like if Eddie Jackson is going to have a bounce back year, this would be the year to do it. And it's related to that question you asked earlier about who could be here in 2023. I liked what I heard from Eddie Jackson today. You know, they're they're just words, I guess. But he, like, one of the questions he was asked was, like, uh, he was talking about what he couldn't control. And someone said, well, what can you control? And it was kind of an open-ended question. But immediately he said, buying into this defense and basically going all in. And 
there didn't seem to be any resistance there whatsoever. And I also like that he admitted that he did not have a good year last year because he's pushed back on that. Like in season, a lot of times, we've seen it on social media sometimes, right? Where he kind of pushes back at some of the criticism. But he seemed to acknowledge that didn't play well last year and that this defense could help a lot. He also said that it's simpler and allows him to just kind of keep his eyes forward and everything in front of him. And he said he liked that. So I heard a guy today who was not resisting a new scheme. And I, you could come back at me and be like, well, what's he supposed to say? Well, we've heard guys push back on new schemes before. Remember Willie Young refused to call himself an outside linebacker until literally he was out of the building? Like, and that lasted a couple of years because he stuck around. He was actually okay as an outside linebacker. He, but was, he was like, yeah. he, he was like, no, I'm a, I'm a defensive end. That question don't make no sense. There's Willie Young. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that guy. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, yeah. Jared Allen was like open and honest with us. Like, yeah, this is weird. And then he eventually got traded. Right. You know, he just, you could tell the guys who aren't embracing it and don't want to be there. Well, I think I think Eddie Jackson also might recognize and acknowledge that he doesn't have much of a choice when you look at his career. True, you know where he's at, and it's okay because like that's important to come to that conclusion and to realize his best opportunity is right now with this team and this defense. Like they're they're going to put him in, a, in in good spots. You know, this is a defense that like predicates itself on taking the ball away, which is where he was at his best. You know, it's funny. Oak, I actually thought that he played well in the final like five or six games last year. Uh, I thought he was tackling better. I think if you look at his missed tackle rate, it went down considerably from 2020 to 2021. Um, I'd have to go back and look at some of the, maybe the, the deep balls he re- re- referred to that he gave up. I think people who know me at the athletic, I, I'm a, I, I've sometimes a little bit of an Eddie Jackson apologist. Cause I just don't think he's nearly as bad as people make him out to be. Um, but he obviously hasn't been as productive as he should be. You want to talk contract though. If you're Eddie Jackson, the most the thing you can do that is going to best you know fill up your bank account is stay with the Bears for another couple of years and not get cut. Yeah, because if you yeah. get cut, you're getting get signed by somebody for a, a pretty low salary. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, if you're looking at your future and you're Eddie Jackson, you're looking at the next two years. You know, your best hope to to make money is the money that is you know, that you can earn in 2023, 2024, if you stay in this contract. And the only way you could do that is if you play well. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I thought he was, he was reserved today. He was matter of fact, um, he gets it. And it was weird too, probably for him. I and mean, he kind of downplayed this, but you look out there, he's the only one from the 2017 draft class still here. Yeah, it's crazy. He and DHC are the only ones who played for John Fox on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and Roquan Smith are the only starters left on defense from 2018. Is DHC the longest tenured bear? Uh, he is t- in a three-way tie with... Patrick Scales. And? Um, oh, Cody Whitehair. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's probably strange Freddie Jackson to be out there. And I, I I mean I know he had his root canal on Tuesday, but I credit the fact that he was there today and yesterday. See, this is, I'm telling you, this is the thing. It's just I'm glad. By the way, I'm glad you chose something as uncontroversial as root canal that we can take and run with. Yeah, that's true. Not, today. That, not that you would have chosen something irresponsible because you're nothing if not responsible. Would you like to give an example? <laughs> no. To start another rumor? Not, not particularly. Okay. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Can I uh, point, some, point something out? People watch that YouTube, but I don't know if they agree with me or not. So your sweatshirt, you're wearing a hoodie. And it has like, are those strings or is just like a lining? Yeah, the strings there, but like the uh, lining, the white lining that comes on the inside of how it's open right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks like suspenders. Oh, you look yeah. like you're wearing suspenders. Okay. I like the hoodie, though. It's not a it's knock on hoodie. the hoodie. It's just the way it's like you're cropped in my screen right now. It just looks like a uh, yeah. like suspenders. You know what's going to happen now is someone's going to Photoshop this screenshot and photoshop us into suspenders i'm going to get it in my mentions tonight well now they definitely are yeah that's true i just i gave, mean if, if they hadn't thought it of it already now now they definitely have yeah i did see somebody thought um i usually wear a hat when i do these things because if you had the lack of hair that i have you would wear a hat all the time too um somebody you get said you a hogan I, john's hat yes i do have the winter hat actually okay um somebody said that when i wasn't wearing my hat the football above me looked like a man bun oh yeah Oh, I, yeah, I guess if you were, sl- if if you were like right slid here, over yeah. a little bit more, I could see that happening. Yeah. That's, That's uh, uh, signed by the 1960, I think the 1969 Bears. Nice. Not a, not a good team. So Ed Obradovich is on there? Yes. He's like, there's very few signatures that you can still make out. Uh, my guy. My, my, un- my great, great uncle got it, I believe, from Sid Luckman. And gave it to my uncle, who proceeded to play with it in the yard immediately. Oh, so the signatures are very, very faded on it. I um, have a story like that too, um, and my dad's going to hear this, and I don't know if he's going to get mad about it or if he's going <laughs> to accept the blame for it. But I have a glove. I still actually have the glove. I should probably put it on display here behind me because it's still pretty cool. Like my original glove from when I was a kid, and I gradually like had people sign it because i would take it to games i was one of those people who like brought my glove to a game all the time 
right? So that was the glove I played baseball with, and then I would take it to the game, and then I'd get a signature. And eventually, like, some good signatures got on there. Like, I think it was signed by Ryan Sandberg. Harry Carey signed it at some point. Um, but my parents kept letting me play with it. Why would they let me do that? Give me a new glove. So can you make any of them out still? Not really. There's a couple. I want to say uh, Scott Service play for the Cubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's maybe one of the ones you could. I gotta pull that out. I should have it on display here, and also bring the glove out too. Um, Anybody from the 1984 Cubs that did not actually make the World Series uh, sign it? Well, Ryan Sandberg was on the team, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, oh no. I, yes, yes, he was. Yes, yeah, he, he was. was. Santo yeah. signed it too. Oh, there you go. I'll I'll look at it at some point. Yeah, but I just you and you talking about that football and playing with it made me think of that. <sighs> you know what? I think we are achieving your goal. The podcast will be more memorable than uh, the mini camp practice. I think so. I think it definitely has. I also think that that photo that Dan Weeder took today made it memorable. <laughs> that was, does did anybody win your uh, contest? Yes. Yes. So for those of you who missed this on Twitter, Dan Weeder somehow noticed. I did not notice this even as I was on the. So uh, Pat Finley. Uh, where where's our friend Patrick Finley? Myself and you all happen to be on our cell phones during practice, and I usually will step away from the practice field because I just don't. You know, I don't. It's just there's so many rules and stuff. I'm like I. I want it to look like I'm like on my phone, just like relaying whatever's happening in practice. Um, so I went to the parking lot. You went to the parking lot. Pat's just standing like right next to the field, basically. But we're all standing in a line, and Dan Weiner noticed it and took a photo of it and tweeted it. It is kind of funny. He called it uh, what do you call it? Cell phone alley. Cell phone. Uh, yep. Phone call alley. alley. Phone call alley. Because yeah, we yeah. were directly in a row. Um, I was on with uh, Dan Bernstein, 670 okay. score, and you were on with? So I did a c- impromptu contest. I see. I said free Hogan John shirt from our friends at Obvious Shirts for the first person who can guess who I was talking to in the photo. The answer was... Olin you got to guess? Oh, you already saw it. Did you already uh, see no, it? No, I didn't. Oh. Okay. Was it was right? not Olin. Olin's no. on vacation. Maybe with Adam Johns for all we know. Um, all right, I'll give me two more guesses. Uh, Jalen Johnson. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where is Jalen Johnson, by the way? We're not going to get into this again. <laughs> Just, but come on. It's still his um, birthday. It's his birthday week. Third guess. He's like my wife. You get a whole month. Uh, Jason McKee. Yes. Ah, nice. Correct. That was the correct answer. And, and I have to say... Um, the the person who guessed it correctly and will be getting the shirt. We've already set it up from our friends at Obvious Shirts. All the merch is, merchandise is up. Check it out. Got it within like thirty seconds. I was impressed. Wow! It was like the third or fourth response. Was it a Jason McKee burner account? Mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering if he would respond. Oh, With the, uh, and if he guessed it, I would. I would have given him the. 
he would have been eligible to win. I would get him an Hogan John shirt for sure. Shout out, shout out to obvious shirts because I straight impulse immediately bought that Wrigley Field clock sweatshirt that they um, now have. I haven't even seen that one yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the green of the scoreboard, and it's just the clock at one twenty. Ah, yeah. that's pretty cool. I saw. It. I have I to like, say, the- even as a as a Sox fan, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was. Um, yeah, I went ahead and, and grabbed that. Am I wearing a? Oh, I'm wearing the uh, the JD. Yeah, obvious shirt right now. I wasn't even sure. More times than not in the winter, my undershirt is an obvious shirt under the whatever sweatshirt I'm wearing. Or they're very or comfortable. Pullover. They're that's the thing. They're extremely comfortable. By the way, I'm going to probably do this a lot, not just this season, but forever, because we all love JD and we all miss him. But I just had his voice in my head today at practice, like thinking, guys, they're awful. (laughs) (laughs) You just picture, you know, him just there. And then he would would be obviously giving it. Then he'd be like, guys, I'm leaving. Parker's got practice. I'm out of here. I'll see you at the draft. Or like that first time... um Fields led whoever it was over the middle who would have gotten killed by a safety in real life today. Yeah. I could just hear him going, uh-oh. Like, just, <laughs> just, just something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Darnell Mooney had a couple nice catches today. Darnell Mooney, still good at football. Also, liked his attitude today. He's still playing yeah, well, the he, disrespect card. Yeah, and he's always, I mean, like, he he's wired that way. Dave Montgomery's wired. Like, these guys are kind of... Um, like they're the, they're the type of wiring that Ryan Poles loves, Matt Eberflus loves, any football coach would love, and they want to keep getting more of those guys. Problem is, none of those guys that they have are like perennial Pro Bowlers or play like quarterback yet. I think Fields, you know, personality wise, is absolutely wired to be that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I wrote yesterday. I was like, Roquan Smith, Dave Montgomery. You'd love to have thirty of them, but you also would prefer they play like left tackle and edge rusher. Yeah. maybe instead of really <laughs> back at inside linebacker yeah well look and that's the thing about fields i guarantee you he is not happy that that's how the mini camp ended and it's gonna probably maybe that's a good thing because you know it's gonna just piss him off yeah or, no, he's gonna be and he's and he knows it's all gonna be on twitter it's already on twitter people are writing about it and like again we're all putting the caveats on it like we all understand why it didn't look good we're not making these you're not, we're not jumping to inclusion about what it means for him but you know, like he's competitive. He's going to look at that and say that, like, he's going to be he's going to be upset about how how the practice went. You know how he can bounce back by showing up courtside to the Bulls Bucks game tomorrow night. Or what if he showed up to the CHGO watch party? Oh, that would be even better. Yeah, maybe you could do both because we are going to be at Third Rail Tavern, which is really close to the United Center. So there you go. Um, thank you for bringing it up, though. Yeah, if anybody wants to come and hang out tomorrow night, the CHGO Bulls squad, uh, Matt Peck, Big Dave. By the way, their show last night was hilarious. That was all, another reason why I'm so tired right now is because even when the game ended, which I was not going to stay up for the whole game, and then I did because it was such a good game, then it was so exciting and fun that I had to turn on the CHGO Bulls podcast, which was live on YouTube, and those guys were so fired up. The uh the 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 highlights of their reactions in game to things are, are good. Yeah, they're it, pretty good. It, it did get me thinking if somebody put a camera on me during a Northwestern football game. Yeah, 
or me, uh, a camera on me uh, during the the briar. Yes, <laughs> I saw the curling was on. Was yeah, on we did have TVs. curling on one of the screens, and I did not do that. Actually, I do not know why it was on. That was not me. Um, but actually, I will be at that CHGO Bulls watch party tomorrow night too. Looking forward to it. Um, so if anyone wants to come by Third Rail Tavern, seven o'clock, we'll be watching the game. So. You know, you could, I guess swing by before or after, but if you're not going to the game, you can also just hang out with us and watch, and uh, should be a good time. Looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know. What else? What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Is he? Is he listening to this podcast? Oh, no, I don't think so. I, what I else? What else? Bears nah, had some offensive care. linemen in for uh, for tryouts today. Okay. Julian Davenport was one of them. Kind of an interesting name. Yeah, I know that name. Played for, played for the Colts last year. Okay. Um, we, as we talked on the podcast, they need more offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on my big board right now. Big board's going to be out Monday. The athletic. Nice. Okay, a Bears big board. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough because normally what I would do, what Johns and I would probably normally do is kind of break down like all the guys in play in the first round so that you know you would talk about a big board of maybe 10 guys um and then we would update it leading in rounds two and three uh we the bears do not have a first round pick so it is they uh, don't they do not so and they also have like 27 different positions of need so it i but you know what because of we got dame brugler uh, I, I'm giving people a big, big board. A lot of folks to uh, consider for Friday, which just means that the Bears will end up taking like a running back and somebody that Dane has pegged as like a seventh round receiver. Yeah, who won't be on there. But yeah, check out check that out for uh, for Monday. Um, the last thing we should actually sneak in right away is our guy. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Uh, he entered the meeting located in Florida. I think one of the photos, it says Miramar. So I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. where he is. Um, while we were asking about Nick Foles and how he's probably never going to be a bear again, he posted photos from a family vacation. Good for him. I think he's the real winner of Bears minicamp, along with Adam Johns and Olin Krutz. All people on vacation. You and I apparently missed the memo. Uh, yeah, I was invited on none of those vacations. Um, I think <laughs> Nick Foles had not tweeted in more than two months, and he decides to coincidentally tweet that he's on a family vacation minutes after Jason Leisure asks Matt Eberflus about Nick Foles' standing with the team. Gonna ho- go ahead and say that's not a coincidence. I love it. I think it's great. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't blame Nick Foles at all for, now for for his choice to be at a family vacation. No, good for him. Yeah. I wonder where he's going to play next year. I know where he's not going to play next year. <laughs> Washington, D.C. What will, when we, in 10 years, uh, when we do another athletic, like, quarter Bears quarterback project? Yeah. And I get Nick Foles on the phone. Mm-hmm. What game? What question are you asking me? Yeah, like what game will we kind of talk about? Like what's going to be like? What's a mem- What's like the most memorable part of like the Nick Foles era? You think? I think the Seattle FU game. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I wasn't even thinking about twenty twenty. Yeah, that's in a, the that's snow. A great just like couldn't that even final, be the backup. Yeah, the final just sort drive. Of, just sort of randomly on the roster all year. Then he gets asked to play, and he 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 mfs everybody. Yeah, this goes BDN all the way. Score, you know, wins a game. I was also thinking. Remember his post Panthers Zoom press conference, twenty twenty. Didn't he like have this like very passionate? Oh. He well, he was. I feel like all his post game press conferences were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, his best moments probably coming in relief against the Falcons, leading the that unlikely comeback. But for some reason, I always remember the Seattle game as well. All right, we got to get out of here. I will tell you this: next week is draft week. Will we are ready? I mean, we are ready to deliver for you. We're gonna have a great draft guest that I don't want to give away yet. Early on in the week. It's not me. Ryan Pohl. <laughs> we should have you on, though, since you're going to have the big board. Uh, yeah, we could talk about the big board. Uh, Ryan Poles talks to the media Tuesday ahead of the draft. There's the Brian Piccolo Award, too. So it's it's going to be a busy early part of the week as well. And then, as we always do for you during the draft, we will have shows to talk about what the Bears do and what they don't do. So... Um, get excited it's draft week I love the draft I love the draft too absolutely love the draft I'm starting to the pro pre-draft thing starting to get a little long <laughs> but once we get to the draft weekend it is a fun time um, so I'm excited for that and uh, I hope you are too please follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at K Fishbane at Adam Johns find us on YouTube subscribe Hit the notifications. We may go live. We went live last year after they picked Justin Fields. So if anything goes crazy uh, with you know with the draft, we may go live. So be ready for that. Hit the notifications. You'll find out about that. Also follow us on Twitter and then uh, check out our friends at Obvious Shirts since we talked about them so much. T-shirts up, hats are up. The uh, Walking Bear snapbacks are great hats for the summer. Please check those out and uh, you know. We'll throw some more free stuff out there like we did today as well uh, from time to time. So, all right, Kev, thanks for pinching in this week. Great job. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, NFL Draft Week. Talk to you then. See you. Anyway, uh, who cares? <laughs>